0: Please listen carefully.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Optimist Daily's
0: Weekly Roundup. I'm Ariel. And I'm Carissa. And we're working hard to put solutions in view and optimism in movement. So hello, we're back again. We took a little bit of a break last week. We had a bit of scheduling conflicts that we didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard when we live on opposite sides of the world. We only have so many hours <laughs> that we can get together um, in the day that work for both of us. So, yeah. But we're glad to be back this week. Yes.
1: And we do have some pretty interesting topics to, to go into. I know I'm getting too excited about it, but I have like a kind of a Halloween thing coming up. Ooh. Do you celebrate Halloween? Is your household the kind of household that puts up a bunch of decorations
0: You know, yeah, we're really not. We never have – I mean, when I was, like, younger, I guess, maybe, but even then, not really. We didn't, like, really decorate, but Mm -hmm. I was noticing in my neighborhood that, like, I think there's a lot more, like, families than there used to be living around me um, when I was younger, there were a lot of older people, but now there's a lot of families around mm-hmm. that I'm back like at my parents' house, and there's a lot of decorations in my neighborhood. So now I'm like, wait, I feel a little left out. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. But yeah, what about you, Ariel?
1: No, no, not at all. Um, I grew up really Baptist. Mm-hmm. Halloween was just not a thing in my family. I wasn't allowed to um, dress up and do the whole trick-or-treating thing. After a while, my parents kind of lightened up. I think they realized, you know... Actually, when you look into Halloween, I think it does
0: originate as a Catholic holiday. Yeah, I think we wrote about it on the Optimist Daily before, too. Yeah, we did.
1: So I think Mm -hmm. it's uh, called... It has the the Celtic word or the Gaelic word sowing in it. I'm going to have to look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but if other readers are interested or other listeners are interested, you should check out that article on The Optimist yeah. Daily. But yeah, I, I wasn't really exposed to that nor was I able to celebrate it which always made me sad because Mm -hmm. my birthday is near the end of October so I was like oh Mm, yeah all my friends have all this candy and it's my birthday so what's up with that (laughs) but here in Europe it's not a big thing so they're like a sprinkling of houses in the neighborhood that have the decorations up Mm -hmm. but in general it's just not as big as it is in Canada or in the states so exactly I don't know why I I, uh, am hyped about my story (laughs) then but yeah maybe I'm just I'm channeling (laughs) that energy
0: (laughs) well you do have a really fun story today I think like regardless or not if it's Halloween it's really fascinating Mm. Well, let's see. We can jump into my solution of the week because it's a little bit more on the serious side. Yeah, let's do that. So we'll we'll save that to lighten up the mood, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or not really lighten up the mood, but we'll end on a, a lighter note. Yeah, I guess then I'll go jump into my solution of the week. The solution I picked this week is a judge overturns Galveston's discriminatory electoral map in a voting rights victory. So I was particularly glad to see this solution because one thing I'm really passionate about is voting rights, largely because of my political science and history background. And I think it's just like one thing that's really cool about the Optimist Daily is that all of us really bring our little niches and whatever we studied to the team. So this is one of my niches that I'm fascinated to talk about today. And I'm glad that it was in our solution. So... I'll jump into it. A federal judge issued a stinging reprimand to the Republican commissioners of Galveston County, Texas in a landmark case. The decision, which Judge Jeffrey Brown described as a stark and jarring violation of the Voting Rights Act, is a watershed moment in the fight for fair representation. So today we're going to take a look at the ramifications of this landmark ruling and the broader implications for voting rights. So Judge Brown's 157-page decision left no space for doubt. He determined that the redistricting design established by Galveston's Republican commissioners in 2021 amounted to egregious discrimination against the county's Black and Latino people. The new plan substantially diluted their votes and leaded the district with the highest proportion of Black and Latino people.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. How did this all start? Like, paint me the picture.
0: Well, let's go back to the fight over Galveston's elect- election map, because it began as a local disagreement, and it quickly grew to national proportions. It was actually the first trial under Section 2 of the 1965 Voting Rights Act since the U.S. Supreme Court upheld the clause in Allen versus. Milligan earlier this year.:
1: Yeah, I, I remember just like skimming through this article, but that, that was the case in Alabama, right?
0: Yeah, that's correct. So Allen versus Milligan argued that Alabama's congressional districts discriminated against African American voters and maintained an injunction that required Alabama to create an additional majority and minority district. So yeah, this is kind of parallel to this case. So this case provides a critical lens through which we can scrutinize moves in Republican controlled states like Georgia, Louisiana, and Ohio to dilute the representation of Black and Latino voters. Hmm. Yeah, this decision was made on Friday, and it was hailed with a collective sigh of relief and joy among Galveston County's Black and Latino residents. Plaintiffs were overjoyed, underlining that it ensures their community has a legitimate place in the political arena. This case really exemplifies voters' steadfast commitment to protecting their rights. Mm -hmm. According to Joaquin Gonzalez of the Texas Civil Rights Project, this case proves that voters will not sit idly by while politicians aim to diminish their power. Basically, this court's decision requires Galveston County to redraw its 2021 map by October 20th. Which is today, isn't it? Yeah, which is today, I believe. (laughs) Um, So I hope they have it done. The revised lines must include at least one district with a majority of Black and Latino people among the four districts that elect representatives to the county's commissioner's court. Precinct 3, which has mainly been a Black and Latino precinct since the 1980s, was the focal point of this county's struggle. Historically, it's elected African-American and Democratic commissioners to the court. And so this trial determined whether the county single black commissioner, Stephen Holmes, who has served since 1999, would be removed. And he correctly saw this instance as a microcosm of a larger national issue. So another reason why it became such a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. And during the trial, it became clear that the Republican commissioners engaged in racial gerrymandering known as cracking. Hmm. This strategy entailed dividing the Black and Latino populations into neighboring districts, and as a result, Precinct 3's demographics shifted dramatically, with the share of African American and Latino voters falling from 58% to 28%. So, it's a good thing that this was taken to court and is not Mm -hmm. happening how they originally wanted it. All considered, the Galveston County's federal judge's decision establishes a persuasive precedent in the ongoing battle for voting rights. Wow,
1: it looks like it shows that the fight for equitable representation is far from over and that communities are eager to fight for the rights. I really like a story like this because it shows the solution. It shows how... People within the system, people with authority and power who actually can affect change are raising their voices and making decisions that help underprivileged and underrepresented people. Mm -hmm. But it also exposes the systemic discrimination that lay that that's kind of the foundation behind problems like this even happening definitely the way that the system is really diminishes people's voices um, certain people's voices and I don't think that that's I mean maybe these days it's it's better known but I think it's definitely worth it to highlight that the system
0: itself is a bit unfair as an understatement definitely (laughs) it's an understatement for sure yeah but I mean people have been working so hard over the years and like continuing to kind of chip away at these injustices and you know, it all starts like in the community, Mm -hmm. the smaller areas, too. I think that's always like a good reminder, because I think it's so easy to get lost in the like bigger political picture and stuff. But it really comes down to like the smaller issues and stuff that are going Mm -hmm. on in communities. I know for me and stuff, it's easy to forget to because I live in California. So we really don't have a lot of those issues too much a little bit actually, though, like I live in the Central Valley. And I know that has kind of been gerrymandering and such so is a little bit of a problem too, since there's such a big Latino um community in the Central valley, so really something that people will target is gerrymandering like that so mm-hmm. but yeah, people are working on it, and that's good to hear that a little victory over there is setting precedent for the rest of. Hopefully, the United States and more will follow. So,
1: Yeah, and gaining national attention. So exactly. Great. All right.
0: <laughs> that was my solution of the week. But um, Ariel, we hinted at it earlier, this fun solution of the week that you wanted to share.
1: Yes. Today, I'm delving into an article that was published uh, this morning and it's called Thrills and Chills, How Horror Films Can Improve Your Mental Health.
0: Cool. That's so interesting, because <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of scary movies, so I'm so shocked that it can improve your mental health, so I'm curious <laughs> to see if I need to start watching.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm in the same boat as you. I am a self-proclaimed scaredy cat, Um Growing up, I was not allowed to watch anything scary like mm-hmm. Disney. It was ba- Snow White was quite scary for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone has like revisited that, but you should check it out. It's really quite creepy. That like
0: older animation is kind of scary, in my <laughs> opinion. So,
1: like looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was a child watching this. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a lot. But yeah, after reading this article, I was surprised to learn that despite you know giving you the heebie-jeebies or making your <laughs> skin crawl, these movies can actually have some intriguing benefits for your mental health. Mm -hmm. So when we think about legendary horror films like The Exorcist or Silent Night, Deadly Night, (laughs) we often associate them with terror and revulsion, or I don't know, I do. I've never watched them. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Uh, So the question that comes to mind always is why do some people find these films so alluring? To shed light on this, Matthew Stroll, a philosophy professor at the University of Montana, shares a unique perspective on the psychological benefits of watching horror. According to Matthew Stroll's research in psychology, there's a benefit to rehearsing our fears in our minds. So watching horror films allows us to confront our concerns in a fictitious setting, which in turn can create a sense of control over them. So
0: it's kind of like a safe space for our fears and anxieties, I guess, to face them?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, I was thinking about it as a a mental training ground for handling real-life challenges. Mm -hmm. But it's not just about confronting your fears. As Frank T. McAndrew, a psychology professor from Knox College, explains, Horror films tap into our evolutionary instincts. Mm. Basically, humans are hardwired to learn from the experiences of others, and horror films provide the perfect platform for us to mentally practice coping skills with unpleasant events. We observe how characters deal with terrible situations while maintaining a sense of distance and control, because we're just watching
0: it all happen on a screen. I guess like we're kind of learning from the on screen experiences of others which can help us prepare for similar real life challenges.
1: Hopefully not so similar. But
0: (laughs) I'm trying to like think of like horror movies and stuff because usually it's someone has like a horrible family member or something and they're like seeking revenge or something. Mm -hmm. Facing a scary alive doll or (laughs) um, hopefully
1: we don't have to deal with that. Yeah. (laughs) And also McAndrew Highlights the emotional roller coaster that horror films take us on. Right. Uh-huh. So there's the adrenaline rush, the excitement, the pounding heartbeat, and that creates a unique kind of enjoyment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, in the article, it also compares it to the exhilaration you feel after a roller coaster ride or like an amusement park ride which I can relate to because I do like roller coasters.
0: Well it's really cool it's really amazing how these films can offer such a range of emotional experiences. Mm -hmm. I know for me I don't know if I even really like the anxiety from it if there is a scary movie I'm turning down the volume and I'm just like I'm not listening I'm not watching. (laughs) But anyways um, why do horror movie lovers Love it. I can't relate, but I know there's a psychology behind it.
1: Yeah. Matthias Klassen, he's an assistant professor at Aarhus University, and he identified three main types of horror fans. First, we have the adrenaline junkie. These people thrive on the physiological excitement that horror films provide. Then there's the white knuckler who watches horror as a personal challenge and then often would gain valuable insights about themselves Mm -hmm. through that experience. And then finally, there's the dark coper who turns to horror as a way of coping and even as a form of treatment for anxiety and despair, which I don't. If that works for you, more power to you, but that would not work for me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's interesting I didn't realize it wasn't like just a one-size-fits-all situation there's like Mm -hmm. different reasons that people are tuning in to horror movies
1: as I said earlier I really couldn't understand why people would go to the cinema and pay to become terrified but I guess there are some valid reasons but now let's talk about a recent study conducted during the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic Klassen and his colleagues wanted to see if watching scary movies could impact mental health and resilience, and they found some pretty interesting stuff. They discovered as a team that emotions were actively modulated when participants engaged in recreational fear activities, such as watching horror movies. This fun interaction with fear improved emotion control skills and allowed participants to deal with stress and anxiety more successfully. Basically, during challenging times, horror movies can actually help us build resilience and cope with our emotions. Okay. And Klassen goes on to explain that if you traverse the realm of cinematic dread, you're also learning valuable skills for dealing with fear, tension, and anxiety, which all come up in real life. If we're like you, Carissa, who turns down the volume, (laughs) which is a great tactic, I would also practice that. Or if you cover your eyes, or if you just tell yourself that it's only a movie, (laughs) all of these techniques can improve your ability to control emotions and allow you to remain calm and resilient in the face of any real-life struggles you may have.
0: Right, yeah. It's not just entertainment. It's also practical life training. Precisely.
1: Horror films have held a special place in the world of cinema, enthralling and horrifying audiences at the same time. But yeah, I guess what I learned is that I shouldn't be too quick to dismiss them as, you know, like mere scare tactics. Yeah. These movies actually offer a lot of psychological benefits from, you know, learning to regulate fear and enjoying that emotional rush. So yeah, I felt like I I learned a lot. And uh, this article was just kind of, fun
0: (laughs) yeah i feel like i learned a lot too when i started thinking about it like the the horror movies i've been forced to watch for one reason or another i feel like i actually (laughs) haven't hated them and they actually had like a good plot but i don't know am i gonna start watching scary movies i'm not sure what about you ariel
1: um as convincing as the arguments are i don't think that, like, <laughs> no, honestly i don't think i'm going to to sit down and watch a scary film tonight you know like but, yeah maybe not tonight yeah. but um
0: maybe maybe i'll be a little more open yes, to it yeah exactly
1: maybe my attitude will change
0: <laughs> it is the spooky season so maybe i will challenge myself to watch one that i'm sure is coming if there's out there's any time
1: to do it now would be the moment because halloween is Crazily around yeah. the corner. Like, I can't believe that it's coming up so quickly. Less than a
0: couple weeks from it. So, if this intrigues you, you guys should go watch a scary movie, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, have fun. Ariel, My and Sheriff sure will be joining, but. <laughs> This was a really nice solution, a really fun one. And, you know, we had a lot of other great solutions on the Optimist Daily this week. Mm-hmm. We had one article that was called Collecting Good Music. A New Zealand Symphony Orchestra Plays Music for Chickens. Interesting. That was that was <laughs> another fun one. <laughs> and then we have Project Green Light by Google is transforming urban traffic for a cleaner commute. Then we have the Lower Elwa Klalam Tribe celebrates salmon return over a century-long wait, And then we have the Mindset Connection, how your attitude affects healthy weight loss. And what else did we share this week, Ariel?
1: There's a, an article titled, Cracking the Case, Is Joint Cracking Harmful or Simply Satisfying? Aging Well, How a Healthy Sex Life Boosts Seniors' Cognitive Health. Ooh, sexy. <laughs> Spicy. Navigating the Neurological Labyrinth, Scientists Build Biggest Map of Human Brain. And Breaking Barriers, Mexican students by border gain affordable access to California colleges.
0: Oh, really good news. If you want to check out those solutions, head over to The Oftness Daily. And if you want to start your day off right, make sure to subscribe to our free daily newsletter to get our solutions straight to your inbox. And we also have more solutions on our social channels. You can find us at the Optimist Daily on all of our platforms, including Threads and Pinterest. And the only different one is X, which we are actually known as Ode to Optimism. But we have a lot of solutions over there as well.
1: Yeah, head on over. We'd like to remind you as usual that we are a small team of optimists working hard to bring you positive news. If you want to support our mission, please clink, clink. Please click on the link in the show notes to find out how. And yeah, support doesn't always have to be financial. Uh, you should, if you can, if you feel like it, leave a
0: five star
1: five-star review <laughs> or however many stars you think we deserve yeah
0: or even just recommending our podcast to a friend or sharing our solutions from the optimist daily are a big help so yeah have a great weekend and we will be back next week with more solutions yes
1: we promise we'll be back next week <laughs> ciao this case
0: provo- this case <laughs> okay let me not laugh i'm gonna research that okay